This is PhotoBizX episode number 338, and today we have swimwear and lifestyle photographer Joey Wright on the show. He was featured six years ago on the podcast, and at that time, it was as though he was on the cusp of breaking through, but he was scrambling to make a success of his business. He was talking about moving to Florida. He was handing out business cards to get bookings. I can't wait to learn how things have changed, how his business has developed, if he's actually profitable, and how he's been able to continue doing what he loves to do. That interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm coming to you from Bali, Seminyak in Bali for this episode. I'm here with Linda on a 10-day holiday. Without trying to rub it in, I've got to say it's been fantastic. I've read two books already. I'm starting my third book now, which is a good indication of how relaxing this holiday's been. There are pools everywhere in the resort. (laughs) We tend to move from one to the other depending on the time of day and around which meal we're about to have or have just finished. (laughs) It really is that kind of holiday. The weather is fantastic. The water temperature is amazing. The rooms are air conditioned. The food is incredible and cheap. And as much as I was wary about coming to Bali, I'd heard so many stories about the place. I've got to say it's, it's great for a relaxing holiday. And talking about relaxation, one of Linda's favorite things to do is go and get massages. They cost around 10 Australian dollars for a full body one hour massage. (laughs) It just blows me away. I've been joining her for some of those, but I might have to put a cap on that now after an interesting experience (laughs) yesterday. We both turned up for a massage. And generally what I've experienced in the past is we would be laying side by side with no curtain in between us. But this particular masseuse was very keen to take me as her client. Linda had a separate masseuse and my masseuse was very quick to close the curtain between Linda and I. And I've got to say she had very masculine features. Now, I don't know if transvestite or transgender is the right term, but she definitely had very masculine qualities. I would suggest that she started life as a male, which didn't bother me at all. A massage is a massage. I'm happy either way. But this particular masseuse had other things in mind. (laughs) There was some some serious clenching and hand slapping going on from my end. Linda was wondering what the hell was going on on the other side of the curtain. And it was really bizarre for me. I, I mean, do I get up and walk away? Do I just say, stop that? I mean, she was persistent. (laughs) I had to grab her hands and move them up to my shoulders and say, hey, can you focus on my shoulders? Uh, Linda thought it was hysterical. (laughs) I don't know if it was because of the male qualities of my massage therapist or just the story in general. But yeah, it was interesting to say the very least and uncomfortable but funny at the same time. Yeah. It's an interesting place. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. I guess I'm talking to you if you're a male listener. Um, Maybe maybe it's happened to you too if you're a female listener. Are you happy to talk about it? (laughs) Let's talk about it. All right. Let's get into today's episode. And just before we get into the interview and and the, the normal start of the show... What I was thinking about in regards to Christmas and New Year's episodes was something a little different to the usual. I'm looking for your feedback on this too because I don't like to release like full-on business interviews slash episodes at that time of year. It's time to have a rest. It's time to take it easy. In the past, I've put together best of shows and things like that. What I was thinking for this year, and you can let me know if you feel this is a good idea, is recording a live Zoom session with you and we can call it a Christmas drinks episode. It's just going to be a matter of finding a suitable time. And I'm looking forward to hearing stories from you 
about things that you wish that you had done differently when you started your business for the first part of the show. And for the second half, we'll focus on things that are actually working in your business right now. They could be things you've learned from the podcast. They could be things you've learned from other courses, seminars, workshops, other photographers, other podcasts. doesn't matter, but I'm looking for an interactive type episode with you, the listener, and we can maybe separate that into two separate episodes, one for Christmas, one for New Year's. Let me know if you feel that's a good idea, if you'd like to contribute, get involved in that, or listen to an episode recorded with other listeners of the podcast. Leave a comment at the bottom of today's show notes, which you'll find at photobizx.com forward slash 338, or if you're a premium member, we can talk about it inside the members Facebook group. Let me know if you feel they would make good episodes to listen to for that Christmas New Year break. And now, a macro look at our last episode. Last week's episode featured business and lifestyle coach and photographer Brittany Schroeder. Well, she's actually not shooting anymore. She's focusing on business and life coaching. And it was a bit of a polarizing type episode because I've heard feedback from you, from listeners, some of who absolutely loved everything Brittany had to share. They felt like they were given a pick-me-up while listening to her. And what Brittany shared really gelled with some of you. On the other hand, I felt like it was not having the same effect on some listeners. They felt it was too clouds in the sky type thinking, too airy-fairy if you like, and those listeners, those types of listeners prefer to have more hands-on concrete how-to instructions in regard to their marketing and their business and their advertising. So yeah, really two schools of thought, two types of feedback coming from that interview with Brittany. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you haven't had a chance to listen, get back, check it out. If you struggle with mindset, then I think you will absolutely love what Brittany had to share. And if you're looking for more concrete how-to info, that may not be the best episode for you. Either way, love to hear your thoughts. Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. We're going to jump into this interview with Joey Wright in just a second. Before we get into that interview, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And all that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today with Joey because I save a big portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you're loving what you hear from Joey in the first half of this interview and you would like to hear more, it's easy to access the full interview with a trial membership. It's a $1 trial. It gives you 30 days access to the full interview with Joey plus access to the full back catalog. I'll send you an invite to join one of the most amazing Facebook groups on Facebook, the Premium Members Facebook group. Plus, I'll help you get started in your very own mastermind group, which listeners have told me has been a huge benefit in pushing their business forward. So all that for that $1 trial, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. You can sign up for that $1 for 30 days, get access to everything I mentioned. If you love what you're hearing, if you're seeing a return for your investment, your very small investment, stay on with your membership like so many other photographers have done and grow your business as fast as what they are by never, ever being stuck for what to do next with your business to move it forward. photobizx.com forward slash try for that $1 trial membership. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest featured in episode 52 of the podcast. He's a Florida-based photographer specializing in swimsuit and lifestyle photography. And when I introduced him in the show notes last time, I said, I'll be the first to admit living the dream gets thrown around too much. But how else can you describe the life of a photographer who goes to work in board shorts, a t-shirt and thongs? He works on the sunny beaches of Florida and his subjects are gorgeous swimwear models. Back in episode 52, he was handing out business cards to get bookings and taking any jobs he could. His dream back then was to get published in Sports Illustrated and make a go of his photography business. I can't wait to learn what's changed and how. I'm talking about the talented Joey Wright, and I'm wrapped to have him with us now. Joey, welcome back to the podcast. Andrew, thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. Well, first of all, how have things changed photographically? You know, not so much the business. Photographically, have you developed, have you changed what you're doing? Yeah. Well, first of all, I haven't 
changed the formula, so to speak. I just keep tweaking, you know, anything that seems like a problem or a headache or, you know, anything that sucks a little bit of the joy out of it. I quickly try to, you know, tend to and fix and then move forward. So I would say really, since we last spoke, which uh, just before we kind of started, we were kind of trying to guess how long it's been. And, and it's been, like you said, something like 250 episodes. So that's one episode a week. It's been a while. So a few years. And um, I can tell you that a few years ago, I remember saying, man, okay, things are going really good. And I'm almost worried that it can't get any better, which means, <laughs> am I going downhill from here? You know, <laughs> it seemed like it was going to get hard to top, you know, or like, it's like, you know, all good things must come to an end. I will tell you that Things have only gotten better in the last few years. And we can kind of get into why more specifically. And I can tell you some of the bigger um, changes I've made that have really sort of helped me continue really enjoying what I'm doing, which some people might think, well, how could you not? So I'm trying to think of where to start exactly (laughs) as far as photography, style. Well, tell me about your actual photography. Okay. So yeah, in regards to my photography, and, and this is going to be good news to anybody who, who bought my F-Stoppers tutorial, I haven't really changed my approach. I'd say I'm always refining things. You know, I'm always making little minor tweaks, but I, at no point did I ever say, okay, this ain't working anymore. I've got to restructure, you know, kind of regroup in some way that hasn't happened at all. So I would say, I mean, shoot, I'm even thinking that probably a lot of the pictures on my website currently are still within the, you know, they're probably half of them are from two, three years ago. You know, I mean, there's definitely some from the last year or whatever. In fact, I don't know if I even updated the images on my site in a year. So, and I would only do that, you know, or feel this need to jump on and do that if something drastic has changed, you know, or if I did change my style in some way, I really don't think I have. And I think, you know, it's kind of an important thing is to stay consistent. If you showed up to, I don't know, name your favorite restaurant tomorrow and your favorite meal tasted completely different, most people would be upset and that would throw them off and they would probably not continue to, you know, be a patron of that restaurant if they felt that they couldn't come back and get that same meal every time consistently. And I think that's important as an artist to, even though, of course, it's important to experiment and and have some fun with it and take some new angles at times. I think at the end of the day, when you still remember that you're running a business, you need to, you know, uphold some level of consistency. So maybe, maybe, you know, um, sure, sprinkle in some new stuff as a photographer on your Instagram or something, you know, because you get this instant feedback, which is great. That's the great thing about social media is that you really can get, you know, a little sense of, wait, oh, people are liking this new thing I'm doing. Cool. Let me do a little more and introduce it here and there and, and just see how it goes. So I haven't made any sharp turns, but I definitely have made some little tweaks that have just, and and again, none of them have been so much style based. They've been more of, you know, running a business type of changes. So I would say those are the changes that have come into play in the last couple of years. For sure. You mentioned that, you know, taking validation or instant feedback from something like Instagram. Who are you taking that feedback from? Yeah. Because I imagine you have as many models as you do guys following your Instagram. Who are you listening to and other photographers too? Well, I think it's important as an artist or creative or photographer, whatever, it's important to take that feedback from people you respect. You know, I, I don't just because some dude on the other side of the globe, you know, goes, that's hot on a picture that doesn't do anything that doesn't, you know, award me any points. Right. I don't consider that, uh, Oh, I'm doing the right thing. You know, no, I don't care about that kind of feedback. But when I have, you know, a photographer buddy of mine just called me up out of blue and say, Hey man, you're killing it right now, you know, or something like that. And that happens sometimes. And you know, that's great because also I know I have a good, circle of photographer friends who I really respect them as people and photographers and it goes both ways and you know I think we all know that none of us will just blow smoke up each other's ass right and somebody told me a long time ago that you should always have three types of people in your life you know as I mean you can 
relate this to a career or, or just personal growth or whatever it is, but having a mentor, somebody who's already been there where you're trying to go. Okay. So that you don't have to learn everything the hard way. Okay. You can sort of, you know, go to that person to avoid some costly mistakes, right. From their experience. Then it's good to have people that are right there alongside you, you know, that are kind of going through the same struggles as you are in the same growth phase as you are, because then you don't feel alone, you know, and then it's good to have somebody that you mentor, somebody that you can sort of take under your wing, because as you are, you know, sort of paying it forward to them, you're also, you're kind of going to go back over your fundamentals that sometimes you forget about, and you're going to kind of sharpen your skills in that process. So I would say I definitely have all three of those types of people around. Okay. And a lot of say the mentoring is through my workshops or through doing my live retouching on Twitch. And so I'm always kind of trying to help and teach and to help the guys that were, you know, where I was starting out 10, 11, 12 years ago. And then I've got my buddies that are like, I look at as complete equals, like, Hey, we've been doing this the same amount of time. You know, you're doing great. I'm happy for you. I know you're happy for me. And then I've got some of the guys that are like veterans that I can, you know, confide in if needed. And I think that's been really helpful <laughs> to keep all those types of people around in this whole process. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I just went on a whole tangent there. But going back to refresh me on the original question, I had a point to that. <laughs> well, no, no, I guess we started out, well, you know, if you just respond to likes or comments on Instagram, you're getting them from such a wide variety of an audience. Oh, that's right. The feedback. Yeah. So, so that's it. You have to, just like, it would just be as easy for me to tell you, listen, you know, don't listen to the trolls or the, you know, anybody that's hating on your stuff online. I mean, obviously that's a part of it. When you kind of open the floodgates to your, you know, you open the floodgates of like the entire world to your work, you're going to just have some, you know, some people that are just trying to ruffle feathers or, or you know, they really have no, <laughs> they don't care. You know, they just sort of cross paths with you, maybe write something and, and whatever, or it is some weird perv from around the globe, you know, right. Just as, you know, I would tell anybody, Oh, don't listen to that crap. I would also say, well, also don't listen to the people that are just like, Oh, Joe Schmo says, Oh, that's hot. Right. Like, you know, be, be picky. Now, if some amazing photographer, you know, if somebody puts, you know, some type of constructive feedback on something I did and I say, okay, well, who is this person? And it turns out that they're a really experienced photographer or they've got killer work, you know, then maybe it's worth really uh, paying attention to what they said and kind of digging into it a little deeper, right? So I just think when it comes to getting feedback, you should be just as picky as you are, you know, with your photography, as you are when it comes to who you listen to about your photography. And I'll tell you how I did my last, um, I think I came up with a pretty good method for getting feedback at one point when I decided to completely redo my website and just wipe out my portfolio and put all new work online. This was maybe like five or six years ago. But what I ended up doing was I reached out to three, I think it was three people, three people that I know they will be completely honest with me. You know, they know when I say, can you give me real feedback? I'm not asking for a hug. You know, some people just want to hear nice things, right? And I was like, no, no, I need real feedback here because I'm about to, you know, redo my site. And then I'm also going to submit it to a big client. I want to reach out to somebody. So this is important. You know, I don't need any bullshit. So I reached out to two photographers that are good friends of mine, known forever, they're both really talented. They're both very picky. Okay. They're just super particular when it comes to their images. And I knew they would be as critical with, you know, judging mine if I asked them to. And then a model friend of mine who also came from a graphic design background. So she sort of has an aesthetic taste and she's also super picky. I always remembered working with her, man, going through images with her, she would just find the littlest thing and be like, no, no. So I went to three people that over the years I realized. They are super picky when it comes to photos, okay, and anything aesthetic. And I basically reached out to each of them individually and I said, hey, so here are the 30 or 40 images that I think are my strongest, but I only want to put like 20 of them on my site, okay? So all I want you to do is go through and just, so actually I sent them each a Photoshop file and I said, you know, it looked like a contact sheet. So basically it had all the images on one file. And then there was a layer on top. And I said, 
on that blank Photoshop layer, do me a favor and just use like a red brush tool and just put an X through anything that you think, no, this doesn't even belong with the rest of this. This is not in the same class or category. It's not your best work. Put a one line, like kind of one cross through anything that's kind of like on the fence and circle anything that must stay. That is like, this has got to be in your portfolio. Okay. So then what I did is I got all three of them back and I took those layers and I stacked them on top of each other. And then you would see like one image had two X's on it and then a line through it. So that's like a no, that one's gone. But then you'd have one where it's like two circles and a line. So that was overall very positive feedback. So I came up with a nice little system to get really good feedback. I felt super, I actually never felt so confident about (laughs) about receiving feedback on my photos because I could sort of just see it visually in front of me, you know, that, wow, okay, cool. Because sometimes as a photographer, you've got this little attachment to an image because you were there. Maybe you just had a fun shoot and loved working with that person, just whatever. That, That image just brings back a bunch of memories to you. But to the client or the complete stranger who's looking at it for the first time and it's going to be a first impression thing that might cost you the job or not, then that image has no, they've got no skin in that game. You know, they don't care. They don't know what the experience was. They're just looking at it as an image. And that's what you really want your feedback to be based on. Somebody who is not biased. They don't have any connection to the experience of that image. They just look at it and say, man, that is, wow, holy shit. That is an amazing image. That is a a showstopper, right? So that was sort of the feedback that I I looked for. And that's what I got. Love that. And I think hopefully that'll be a good little way because I I imagine some people just are there by themselves. Like, okay, it's time to pick my best work. That's really, again, it's a hard thing to do because you have sometimes an emotional attachment to images. It's like we become image hoarders at times, you know? We do. I totally it's agree. Like the same reason photographers won't delete old sets of images because they just have some, oh, I don't know if I'm going to need this someday or something. I don't know. Uh, you know, and I'm kind of, I kind of got past that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's even the same when you're showing a client uh, images after a shoot. I mean, so many photographers show double ups of almost identical images because they just can't, yeah. they can't be critical enough. They can't realize that the client sees that these are going to be very, very similar. Yeah. Mate, let me change tact here. When I interviewed you last time, you know, you were just sort of starting to starting to make a go of it. You just moved to Florida. So I just looked, I think it was about five years ago, and you really wanted to go full time with this. You were handing out business cards to get bookings. What's it like now? I mean, obviously you've gone from strength to strength. I can see on your pricing page that you're charging, I think it's around a thousand dollars for a session. How many sessions are you doing yeah. and how's business? Okay, well, so this is why business is good because I'm not doing a lot of sessions anymore. So what you're referring to on my website, and anybody that's interested, it's on uh, joeywrightphoto.com. I put my test shoot rates online, okay? Because it's just a package. And if that sounds foreign to anyone, a test shoot is just basically a portfolio shoot for a model, right? There's no brand. You're not, you know, it's not about a product or anything. The model pays you or, you know, maybe the agency pays you for the model, but ultimately it gets taken out of the model's paycheck. So when a model hires you to shoot for their portfolio, that's a test shoot, right? That's kind of my filler work. The goal is to not do... I don't want to be a test photographer, right? There's some guys that that is their... That's their thing. You know, they're testing nonstop. They might be doing two to three tests a day for several days a week and then editing photos. That's good money. Well, okay, let's put it this way. Yes, but I will say this. They're not charging. Okay, the guys that are doing it at that rate, they're not doing it from people that are reaching out to them directly through their website. If you're doing that much testing, that means you're in with your local agencies. So your agencies are sending you tests. Now, if the agencies send me tests, they won't do it for $1,000. There's no way because they've got somebody doing it for 500 So I actually have to come down in my rate if I'm going to go, if I'm going to do a test through an agency, which is one of the reasons that I hardly do because I have actually a standby list right now of people that want to hire me, book me for a test that reached out directly, which means they've already seen the rates on my site, which means they are more than happy to pay my full price as advertised on my website. Now, if the agency reaches out, Hey, Joe, are you testing right now? You know, are you in town? Are you testing? Uh, yeah, I have a little time next week, you know? Okay, cool. I know already I'm going to have like the most I'm going to be able to charge is probably 750 or so. A hundred of that's going to go to hair and makeup, right? So 
it's really not that much. So if you were doing, I mean, think about it this way. If you did two tests through an agency week, you're making a little over a thousand a week and there's, you know, 52 weeks in a year. So, so not enough. That would be a pretty heavy schedule. I mean, <laughs> shoot, let's say you were doing three tests a week. Okay. That means three afternoons, but then you got to consider for as much time as I'm out shooting, I'm going to be in front of a computer. So that means, you know, probably in a, a test shoot, it's probably a six hour commitment on the day of, mm-hmm. right? So between kind of getting my gear ready, driving, you know, from Fort Lauderdale down to Miami, you know, picking the model up, getting out to the location, giving a little smeal, like kind of giving them my little speech on, you know, how I pose them and all this, shooting them for two to three hours, driving home, dumping the images, then, you know, going into creating proofs, setting up a gallery, sending it to them, doing back and forth on emails. Now we didn't talk about the setting up. So obviously there was a, an exchange just in the setup process, right? So one test shoot might actually amount to shit, eight, eight, nine hours of actual work, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's kind of scattered. It's not like you can just do it in one day. It's like you're juggling. So Matt, if you were just testing all the time, you're kind of, oh, hey, can we push our test back a day? Because I just got booked for a thing. Yeah, okay. And it just becomes this crazy thing. That's never been my goal is to just test my way to um, financial freedom, you know? (laughs) So what are you doing now? So the strategy for me has always been not to, you know, if you want to make more money, well, at least for me, the plan wasn't to just work more hours, right? You know, doing whatever I was doing. If I was doing a lot of testing a few years ago, which I was definitely doing more then than I am now, I wasn't saying, oh, I got to do more testing because I want to be up here. It was like, no, I just need better clients, mm-hmm. right? So that's been, that's always been the goal. So now the great thing is, I mean, especially in this last year, I got a deal with a CBD cannabis company where they pay me, you know, a few grand every month to post on my Instagram. I landed a couple big clients this year that have been actually consistently booking me, you know, so that I've maybe gotten, you know, a shoot every, and let's say for me, you know, I'm not doing these giant production shoots, right? My shoots, I'm definitely not claiming to be, you know, the guy that's out shooting this giant campaign with a massive team and medium format. I don't do that. I don't care about that. That's not my thing. I like to do pretty efficient shoots and then move on with my life to the next one. But like I've been shooting for uh, the Hard Rock Cafe, like the international brand this year is one of the clients I landed. So I've been doing their uh, apparel, which is great. That's stuff I shoot in studio. Sometimes it's out on location. It's all put together through an ad agency. So I don't even plan the shoot. I just show up and I, you know, have a, I can hire a small team and have help. So it's not a really stressful shoot. They pay really well. They're always happy with everything. I send the images out for retouching. So I'm not sitting around for a week retouching images afterwards. And then I move on, right? And those, say, three days of doing one of those shoots for a client like that is like the equivalent of doing 10 test shoots. Now, remember, each test shoot is like basically a full day because, yes, it's a half day of shooting, but it's also a half day of editing. So I'm doing... 10 days of work in two or three days, basically. And and those two or three days, I have a team helping me. On test shoots, I, I can't afford to hire an assistant and you know turn it into a thing where you know it's kind of cozy because it's not enough there in the first place, right? I can't hire a retoucher for test shoots. It just starts to make it not worth it in the end where I, I won't make anything, right? So I'm the test shoots are all on me. These other jobs, I get to hire a team, have help, and then send out the images for retouching and then I guess I could be doing the next shoot, you know? So that's actually the beauty of what's kind of happened over the years is that I've gotten some really nice, consistent clients. And that's the scary part about freelance work in general is that you're kind of always unemployed until your next gig, right? But some of these clients, they've got to shoot. Uh, they keep coming out with a new line. If they really like working with you, like the Hard Rock has been great. They basically reach out to me. Hey, are you free next month, these few days? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Can you hold those for now? And we'll let you know if something changes. Sure thing. And then as we get a little closer, you know, we connect and say, Hey, are we going in on this? Is this a shoot happening? Oh, we got to push back a week. Okay, cool. You know, we have this nice communication. They know I'm flexible and, and it works out great. And I'm, and I've got a few of those clients that sort of, it might not be the most (laughs) exciting work, you know, it's not the shiny 
object that you show off, right? It's not the bait that gets you the jobs or gets people's attention. Are these still swimsuit model shoots that you're doing for these companies? No, these, in fact, this one is not. This particular job is not. So there's a couple jobs that it's actually funny because somebody might say, well, why would they have hired you in the first place if all they see you do is swimwear? Well, because the ad agency who hires me for that, the reason they know me is because I've been working with them on another job for the past nine years, which is a uh, swimsuit calendar shoot I've been doing every year for the Hard Rock, for the casino. So I've been doing the casino. This ad agency produces that shoot. They're the ones that sort of plan it and put it together and, then, and essentially hire me to shoot it, right? So in this particular case, you know, the Hard Rock Cafe brand, which is like, you know, if you go in a Hard Rock Cafe restaurant in London and you see the T-shirts and it says Hard Rock Cafe, the logo, and then London underneath, it's all those shirts. It's all the apparel that you see that you can buy while you're in the the cafe, while you're in the uh, restaurant, right? So actually, if you go into any of those stores now and you see the photos all over the place, those are all the ones I've shot. So the agency that has been producing that shoot um, well, that the Hard Rock Cafe is, which is separate as a brand from the Hard Rock Casino, right? But this ad agency is still the same middleman for both of those brands. So when the cafe decided, hey, we want to try out a new photographer, maybe their photographer wasn't available, whatever happened, the agency goes, hey, well, why don't we use our guy, Joey? He does this other job for us. Um, we think you'll be happy with his work. They hired, you know, like, okay, cool. We, we trust you. They didn't need to go and say, well, doesn't he only do swimwear? You know, they just trusted the agency. And I luckily, (laughs) I have never been, you know, only focused on all I can do is shoot out on location with natural lighting. I mean, I spent probably half of in my first few years of doing photography, I probably did half studio work, right? So I've got everything I needed. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, it worked out perfect. My camera was broken because it got hit by a wave. This was the first time I ever killed a camera out in the ocean. And I got a call from a buddy from a buddy that said, Hey, my friend's going to be down in Florida and he needs a digital tech. Do you know anybody? And I go, when is it? And he's like, I said, what's the rate? It was like a thousand bucks to basically sit at a laptop for the day. I'm like, well, my camera's broken, right? Or my camera, I'm I'm waiting for the insurance to (laughs) cut the check. So I actually, uh, I'm kind of chilling next week. I'll do it. And I have all the gear. I literally have everything I need to do uh, Digitech work. And uh, so I took the job, you know, and it was great. And that was easier than a test shoot because I didn't have to edit (laughs) anything afterwards. I just had to show up with a laptop and a a little stand, a setup and some extra battery stuff and, you know, uh, tethering equipment. And I was good to go. So I still will take, you know, what, so, you know, if the hard rock says, Hey, we want to hire you for a few days and we're going to pay you well. I'm not going to turn it down because it's not swimwear, right? Because, oh, well, this is not my thing. You know, it's not torture. <laughs> so I actually, I enjoyed it. It's great. It's like a catered shoot. There's food and, you know, you show up and everything's nice and it's indoors. It's nice to get in some AC once in a while when I'm shooting. So yeah, I've got a nice, um, you know, steady flow of clientele at the moment who are happy, you know, and I treat them like I never want them to go away, you know? <laughs> Does that mean you're a commercial photographer now, more so or as much as a swimwear photographer? Well, swim still can fall. um, Commercial photography to me just means you're shooting for commercial brands, right? You could be a commercial headshot photographer, right? You might be shooting 30 headshots for this company, right? But your clients are not, you know... Karen and Bob who want an engagement session, you know, and then you're not kind of shooting basically stuff that people are putting on their Facebook, you know? Sure. But if you're doing a test shoot for a model, would you call that commercial photography or is that domestic? No, I wouldn't. So that's why I say is like my test shoots right now are the fill in for when I don't have a commercial assignment. Okay. So like uh, I'm leaving tomorrow, I'm heading out to LA for a week because I've got a commercial assignment out there for three days. So, you know, I'm going to, um, but while I'm there, I'm actually kind of extending my trip, which is another thing that I do now. Every time I have to travel, you know, it's like, look, I've already got a flight paid for. Why don't I take a little time in this place to enjoy it instead of fly in, shoot, fly out, right? Like I'm, I was kicking myself after I went out to the Maldives to shoot a campaign for a swimmer brand earlier in the year. And it took me 30 hours of travel to get there, right? It was like fly from Fort Lauderdale to... Dubai to Greece to the Maldives. And then once you get to that airport, you take a boat 
to the island, you know? And it, so it really literally was like 30 hours doorstep to doorstep, right? And then it was shoot from sunrise to sunset for three days and then leave the next day. And then I was like, wow, I just went to the Maldives. And now I, I actually did on the last day, we finished a little early. So the whole group of us, the you know client and a couple models uh, and the videographer, we all went scuba diving. So that was cool. We got a little a little taste of vacation <laughs> on that trip. But I was like, why didn't I just stay for a couple of days? You know, I spent all that time flying out there. <laughs> Absolutely. It was paid for. Why didn't I just spend another 200, 300 bucks on a hotel? Exactly. Soak it in, you know? So now lesson learned, I'm doing that on every travel gig I do now. And also there are some travel gigs I won't take considering that. The, the travel is is brutal, you know? There's times where it's like, you know what? I can be more productive at home, you know? And it's like, it took me almost, it felt like two days to get there and to shoot for three days. It's like, well, was it really worth it in the end? I don't know. But I'm being a little more picky about the jobs that I take nowadays, which is a nice thing. I mean, look, I'm not going to be sitting here starving and then saying, well, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, no, of <laughs> course, true. but I'm fortunate to be in a position right now where there is enough work that I can, to an extent, even pick and choose a little bit, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, absolutely. But so I'm curious then if, you know, you are doing more of these different kind of shoots outside the genre of swimsuit photography, why don't we see any more of that on your Instagram feed, on your website? I mean, I would never know that you would photograph T-shirts for, you know, for Hard Rock. Well, I'll tell you what, because nobody cares about it when you put it out there, okay? Instagram is like our business card now, right? That is our, that is our first impression to the world as photographers. Love it or hate it, that is what it is. You know, adapt or die, right? So... Every photographer, I mean, I, I hate to generalize, right? But let's just say most photographers, I'm sure there are some photographers that don't even have an Instagram and they're completely successful and they've found ways to navigate around it and they do amazingly well and make more money than I do and are happy, whatever. Great. But most people, it would be foolish to not, you know, care about that, right? And not treat it like a valuable tool as a photographer it is a valuable marketing tool, right? Because it doesn't cost anything, you know, and it puts you on a platform where most people have an account and can possibly see your work, right? So I think, you know, it's, it's just like the same thing, like my portfolio on my website. I wanted to basically make people go, oh, wow, right? Get their attention. You know, grabbing somebody's attention is hard nowadays. <laughs> so if I put a photo of somebody in a hard rock t-shirt logo on a white backdrop, <laughs> no one's going to give two shits about it, right? Like they won't even see it and think, oh, that must be Joey. And in fact, you know how many times people say, Joey, you know, every time I'm scrolling through my Instagram, I know right away before I look at the name that that's your photo, which is a cool, I love hearing that. That's actually a great compliment. And it means that I am, I am being consistent, right? Now, if I all of a sudden drop this this photo of somebody on a white backdrop, again, no one's even going to stop to look at it. Okay. It's not a wow image. It's not going to get any attention, but I think people get <laughs> that if I can, and frankly, like, I don't, I don't want to be an e-com photographer. So let's use e-commerce as one of these sort of oddball jobs. Now, most of the e-commerce I do is for swimwear brands. So usually what happens is a swimmer brand might hire me to do a, a little campaign shoot for their lookbook, but they also need the e-com images for their website, which are just going to be those very plain model on backdrop shot in studio, right? Just where we might shoot 150, 200 looks in a day, right? And it's just front, back, side, front, back, side, or just front, back, or whatever it is, right? And, you know, yeah, that's a nice little paycheck. It's an easy job, but I also know the difference between what things should land in my portfolio or on my Instagram, which is an extension of my portfolio. I sort of look at Instagram as like, it's your everyday portfolio. Okay. Now, you know, I think there's, you got to find a balance. If you just try to feed your Instagram page so much that you're, you're putting out subpar work because you really, in actuality, it's maybe too difficult for you to post something every day. So to come up with 365 really good images each year, that's tough, you know? So for me, like I try to post three, four times a week and that's still a lot. 
I think probably there's photographers that are like, fuck, like <laughs> I can't keep up with that, you know, but I don't know many people that are say posting every day. And I mean, but like kick-ass work every day. For sure. Right? That's, that's tough to keep up with. So, and then again, you also want to kind of be on these, you know, feed into the social media platform enough to kind of stay relevant, keep your followers growing. Cause let's face it, you know, that number, those numbers kind of matter. It's like a there's a little sort of unspoken popularity contest happening, you know, every day <laughs> on social media and it matters. And, and I'll tell you what, this is the first year where I actually, you know, got hired because of it. So I can actually say, wow, okay, that, paid off, like putting the time and effort to really curate a nice Instagram feed and engage with people. I write back to everybody that, that messages me. I, you know, cause I might get 10 to 20 messages on an average day, you know, and then if I'm active, if I'm posting in my stories, I'll probably get 30, 40, you know, I could get 30 or 40 messages in a day if I'm doing a lot of stuff. Right. So let's say one day I'm like shooting and I'm taking pictures of it and I'm showing behind the scenes. So people are you know, responding to my Instagram story. And I, you know, at least give them a little something to acknowledge that they wrote to me, you know, I, I'm not just ignoring anyone. So I think that's another part with social media. That's a huge investment. Like what you've just described that you do. I mean, you are amazing on Instagram. I see your photos popping up in my feed a few times a week. I see you replying. I see you're active there. To think that you've only booked one job from all that work? I can't believe oh, no, that. No, 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 one job. No, no, that's, uh, <laughs> let me rephrase. I have one client right now that pays to be on my page, basically, right? So for me to post with their, you know, brand and tag them, you know, once a week on my page, that's pretty awesome. Is this Ignite? This is the Ignite thing, yeah. Okay, so just for the listener who can't see this, what is Ignite? Because to me, this is a risky move because... You know, you told me how valuable your followers are, how you need to curate your feed because this is your business card, but here you are advertising on your feed. Right. Okay. What is Ignite? So Ignite is a CBD and cannabis brand. Okay. But as far as what they are having the, you know, there's a lot of companies now that are doing these influencer campaigns, basically, where they are paying people. Now, they are paying influencers based on the number of followers, right? So, you know, somebody with less than 100,000 followers might get 1,000, 1,500 a month. Somebody with my you know, amount of followers, I've got 300,000, but say to a half a million might get a few thousand a month. Somebody with a million might get 6,000 a month. People are making good money. I, I know models that are doing six grand a month to post once a week for this one brand over here, three grand for this brand over here, another three grand for this brand over here. One is like, could be a watch, one could be a fashion line, one could be Ignite. Mm-hmm. So that means they're they're pulling in it's good money. You know, <laughs> 10, 11, 12 grand a month for Not bad. Instagram posts. <laughs> Not bad. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, but surely you had to weigh up. So what are you getting? Did you say 2,000 a month you're getting for your Ignite ads? Uh, three. Three grand a month. Okay, so it's good money. Like, And it's easy money, really, because you're posting the same photo pretty much in your well, feed. And not to – I could be like, yeah, it's easy, but the reality is – if they were hiring me to do a photo shoot for them every month, right? So, so let's say I'm going to post one time a week for them, right? Mm-hmm. And in that one post, I might actually, you know, post three images, okay? And then put there a little image like on the, you can kind of post multiple images like on a carousel. And then I might put an actual image of their product on the last image or something like that. But let's say I did a few images. So maybe each month that's like two shoots. Well, what do you think I'd charge them if they hired me to do two shoots? And said, and we need you to post on your page because I would take that into consideration too. So it's not actually that crazy, right? Because I might say, well, okay, let's do 1500 a shoot. You know, I'll shoot for, you know, whatever, you know. And so, okay, that's not insane. So I'm not saying, I don't think, it, I think it's actually works out mutually. And also it took me, when did Instagram come out? And I think I want to say my first images are in 2013 or is 11. I forget when, but shit, let's say it's taken me seven years of <laughs> paying a lot of attention to it to get to a point where somebody now, you know, can get a lot of eyeballs by having me post their product. So it's kind of like the, uh, what's that little, there's a little Picasso story where they, he goes, Oh, can you draw something for me? 
And he draws on a napkin and hands it to me. They're like, that's $500,000. Like for a drawing on a napkin? No, that's for a lifetime of practice and becoming an artist to draw that in 30 seconds. <laughs> right? So that's kind of like the same thing here. It's not that you're paying me for the 10 seconds it takes me to post something on my page. No, you're paying me for the shoots that I have to do that I, you know, now if, if I was half-assing shoots and taking them with my cell phone, you think that it probably wouldn't last very long, right? Hang on, Joey. <laughs> I think you've misinterpreted my question because I think I think you should be getting paid more uh, because it's new, uh, it's new, and nobody's paying photographers yet. This is kind of a new era, so I'm actually really grateful for them because they're paying the models. The models have been getting paid for two to three years now. Okay, photographers have not been considered influencers, so to speak. Okay. Right. So really, this is sort of the beginning of things because now I'm seeing other brands, they're watching brands like Ignite and they're coming into a competing market and saying, hey, we need to be doing this. Okay. Does it hurt you to add their photo to your feed? Every time you add one, does it hurt you a little no, bit? No, it doesn't. No, really? Because, you know, so here's the other part I was going to mention. I've gotten other offers before. Okay. So like, let's say uh, Rockstar reached out to me and I, you know, said, hey, we'd like to hire you to, you know, promote on your page. With our now, first of all, I'm not gonna. If Ignite reached out to me and said you have to post once a week a close up picture of our CBD oil, <laughs> you know, like a little <laughs> vial or something, I wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, you're gonna make my page look like a commercial ad space, right? But since they said we have swimwear with our logo on it, which is not tacky, it's actually the swimsuits are cute. It fits in consistently with what I already do. It was like a perfect fit, you know? So now with Rockstar, when they reached out to me, I looked at theirs because, you know, they, I think they were sort of taking note from Ignite, right? And kind of jumping on the bandwagon. And I looked at what they were doing. So yeah, they made some bikinis, but it has their tacky logo like all over it and it's <laughs> yellow and it's like got the, you know, and it's just like an eyesore. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting that on my page. So 100%, I'm being careful about that. I definitely treat this whole Instagram page that has taken me years to build up as something of value because it is, again, the first impression for people that want to hire me. So if they come on there and they're turned off because it just looks like, well, if I follow you, I'm just going to be seeing some goofy ad every week. You know, I don't want to see that shit. But on the other hand, if somebody's been following me for five years because they like my work that I shoot of swimwear models, and now all of a sudden... Once a week, I post a picture of a swimwear model. She just happens to have a little logo that's hardly noticeable on the bikini with no words, no text, right? In fact, some people just probably don't even recognize. They might not even register it, okay? And I'm not half-assing these photos either. I'm treating it just like I would if somebody hired me to do a test shoot for them or hired me to you know, shoot their... So I'm not... There's no compromise there minus the little logo... That's all, you know, if that, and it, you know what, I was thinking about this too. I've only had one or two people actually make some kind of comment in regard to that, right? I've actually had some, one of my most liked photos was one of the first Ignite photos I posted. <laughs> it like out of nowhere got 20,000, 25,000 likes or something like that, right? And I was like, holy shit. I was like, that was crazy. And that was actually, I'm happy that happened right away because I was a little bit, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to look a little too commercially addy looking, you know, and no, it hasn't hurt anything. But again, I'm sure if I was posting pictures with the Rockstar logos splattered all over the page, it would definitely take a hit aesthetically to my page. And which is what I think people come to see. They want to see nice photo. You know, they follow my work because they, let's say um, it's guys that just like the models or it's photographers that appreciate the work, the photography and the models, or it's models who want to work with me or have worked with me and just, you know, or just people that I know and they support me. Right. And frankly, I look at it this way. If somebody says, like somebody said to me, I, I told me you wrote something. And honestly, again, I don't pay that much attention to it because what is this? Some person I don't even know. I really don't care what they have to say. Right. Like, We've never had a conversation, but somebody commented something like, you know, oh, you're one of the many artists who sold out for, you know, one of these brands. I'm like, this is my job. Any of, if you were actually a friend of mine, 
who knew anything about me, you'd actually say, hey, congratulations, Joey. I saw that you got that Ignite, that you're doing stuff for Ignite. And I know that, and, and, and I see that they're a big company and they're doing well and they've got big names, you know, attached to them and this and that. So congrats on, on that, right? That's the way I feel <laughs> about it is that really, if anything, it's a little sign of success. You know, sure. it's a little sign of doing something right because, you know, I'm not just doing it for clout or something, you know, it's not like I'm posting brands just to look like I'm a part of them, you know? So, which some people do actually, some people are shooting, you know, posting things and like Nike and this and that. And yeah. it's like, Nike really didn't hire you to shoot that, yeah. you know? <laughs> nah. And cool. That's, you sometimes should be doing spec shoots like that to just sort of like, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. But if you can get a brand to pay you and it doesn't, and, and it fits in. So again, if somebody else, I've had a couple people reach out to me. One was like a health food product or something. I'm like, no, I'm like, this is not, this is off brand for me. You know, this is not what people come to see. What you want me to post is not, you know, my audience won't appreciate it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So of course I think you kind of got to be careful and picky and choosy about that stuff. It's definitely important, but it is a thing to think about now. And I'd say to any photographer, I mean, shit, I have photographers that are like, hey, man, that's awesome. I'm trying to reach out to Ignite too. Uh, you know, so I've never met another photographer who was like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. No, I've, I meet, but I hear from photographers quite often are like, hey, any way that, you know, who should I talk to? I'm kind of, how do you shoot for Ignite? You know, they ask me, they're interested. They see that there is this market. You know, it's, it's hard for photographers to monetize these things, you know? And now back to something you kind of mentioned earlier, is this the only time I've made money from all the work I put in Instagram. Hell no. No, Instagram is still the first place where people go. Like if I shoot some girl that's got a million followers, right? And I just like kill it with her and make some great images. I know as soon as she starts posting them on her page, I'm going to get a little wave of inquiries. Right. right? It happens every time. For test shoots or commercial shoots? Yeah, yeah. These little like waves of eyeballs on my work are more likely to come from shooting some type of influencer, somebody that has a massive following, right? But the inquiries that come after that, are they for test shoots or are they for... for- oh, yeah, yeah. No, both, both. Absolutely both. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Well, I'm going to chase you up in then and uh, we'll find out how you're going. In the meantime, where is the best place for the listener to find out what's going on, see your work, follow along with you? You know what? The best place is either hop over to my website, joeywrightphoto.com. Everything you can find me at joeywrightphoto. So Instagram, joeywrightphoto. Anything on YouTube is joeywrightphoto. My website is joeywrightphoto. Just joeywrightphoto. And if you go on, if you're interested in any workshops, events, we do a, like a photo meetup. We've got one coming up in Fort Lauderdale. On I'm like kind of, I team up with this local photography studio. We just do a meetup. It's free. Like, you know, we just network and everybody has mixed friends. And it's funny, like just two nights ago, I was out and I ran into a photographer that was, I'd met at the uh, last meetup, you know, and we had a chat and it's just cool. It's just good networking and builds a little camaraderie. So that's coming up on, I think, November 17th, something like that, 16th in Fort Lauderdale. But if anyone's interested in either my workshops, my Twitch, which you can watch from anywhere in the world. So this is not just you know a message out to the people based in South Florida. I have a little Telegram channel that you could subscribe to, but it's basically a one-way communication stream where I say, hey guys, I'm going on Twitch tonight at this time, you know, Eastern time. Join me. It's free. Here's the link, right? So I'll just make little announcements of here's Twitch or I've got my workshop is now officially on sale or whatever, or this is coming up that I think you guys, you know, any photographer might be interested in. I don't spam it. It's just really anything that, you know, I mean, shit, I probably only message something on there every two weeks or if I'm consistently doing Twitch once a week at the most. But anyways, my Telegram, you can find through my website or through my uh, Instagram. My Instagram honestly has all the links. So you click on the little link in my Instagram bio on Joyride Photo, and there's a thing that says like, you know, subscribe or whatever. There's Just click around my Instagram and you'll see all kinds of little things that I offer. <laughs> Mate, what I'll do is I'll add, I'll add links to anything and everything you mentioned and anything Amazing. I think the listener will be interested in. I'll add links in the show notes so they can find that. Yes or no answer to finish. Did you ever get published in Sports Illustrated? Uh, no. <laughs> Still a no. dream? It's a, which is okay. I, look, I'm going to be honest, not really. It's okay. not really a thing that I'm like, I feel like I need to do to 
you know, have felt a sense of certain accomplishment or achievement because what I have done is I've met the Sports Illustrated. I know the editor. I know it's like they know I exist. And the day one of their photographers, you know, breaks his leg, you know, two weeks before the shoot, they'll maybe call me. Right. But <laughs> in the meantime, it. I also understand that it's just like I've been shooting for the Hard Rock calendar for nine years. They love working with me, I, I think, still, hopefully. I love working with them. They're not going to hire somebody else until I say, hey, I, you know, I moved to China, right? So I can't do it. Or I died. <laughs> so it's like that. I realized that, that it's, it's not something to take personal or to say, well, if they know about me and they haven't called me, that means that I must not be doing the work. I mean, in fact, I get people that sometimes message me, they go, well, how come you haven't done Sports Illustrated? Your work looks better than stuff I just saw in the latest issue. Which, you know, again, it's like not that I think that or whatever care. It's just that this is not the industry to, to take things personally, yeah. right? I'm happy with what I've got. You know, I'm very happy with what I've got. And anything that comes my way is like a little extra icing on the cake. And if that happens and that pans out someday, amazing. If not, I'm not going to be on my deathbed, you know, upset <laughs> talking about Sports Illustrated. But no, so I haven't been published in Sports Illustrated. They're using the same photographers they've been using for a while. So I actually kind of watch and see. I was like, oh, okay. They actually did hire uh, they did hire a new chick last year from Australia. She's an amazing photographer. Uh, I think it's Josie Clo, something like that. Anyways, oh. but it's very rare that they bring on new people. So they kind of have been using their go-to team for quite a while, whether it's hair and makeup, photographers. I mean, even some of the models have been there forever. That's like a family, right? So the family thing is who you know. And here's one other thing about me. Like, I'm not an ass kisser in a, you know, I don't try to weasel my way into the circles and hobnob and all that shit. I just don't care. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't care to do it. If I meet the right person one day and it works out and serendipity, great, amazing, but I'm not a chaser, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that's my long answer. Totally get I get it. And it mate, you don't need Sports Illustrated. You sound like a massive success. You've got the lifestyle you want. You've got the work you want. And you've got this other dream now of the teaching and stuff. Joey, you have yeah. been an absolute legend, mate. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to reconnect and I can't wait to share this interview with listeners. So thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, your time. And thanks for thinking of having me back on here. Always fun. And it's always cool to kind of share because we are in a little bit of a a niche market and you don't really get to hear from photographers. You don't bump into them on the street all the time. And it's not a, you know, so I, I love that you do this. And especially because you do focus on the business stuff, which is the big like mystery for most photographers. God, there's enough fucking tutorials on the, uh, inverse square law or something like, okay, we get it, you know, but this stuff needs to be shared and it's the stuff that people shy away from talking about. So thank you for doing that. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joey Wright as much as I did. Joey, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on sharing everything you did. It's been great to follow your success, to hear how things are going today and what you're doing within your business to maintain the lifestyle that you're looking to live. Absolute inspiration. So thank you, mate, again so much for sharing what you did. For you, the listener, I would love to hear your feedback on today's episode. Was there anything that Joey shared that you thought, yes, I can absolutely relate to that, I can apply that to my business, I can use that in my business? If there is, let me know in the comments area at the bottom of the show notes. And you can find them this week at photobizx.com forward slash three three eight now in those show notes i've got links to anything and everything that joey mentioned i've got examples of his incredibly beautiful work links to his social media profiles and accounts it's all there in the show notes at photobizx.com forward slash three three eight and if you are a premium member let's take the conversation over to our facebook group i'll get joey added into the group as well so you'll have access to him there in case you have any follow-up questions for him I've got two big shout-outs for today's episode, and the first one goes to Atlanta maternity and pregnancy photographer Stuart Hassan, who says the podcast helps put him into the business-slash-thinking frame of mind. In the last week, he drove to Dallas, Texas, to be with his family for Thanksgiving. 
It's a 12-hour drive from Atlanta to Dallas, and he says that he usually enjoys listening to music on the drive, but this time he got caught up on past episodes, and he says, man, what a great way to pass the time. The only problem was trying to take notes while I drive. He went on to say he got so much great info from the likes of Lucy Dumas, Bernie Griffith, Shereen Hammond, Bethel Nathan, Emma O'Brien, and Joel Dunn. He had to listen to several segments multiple times. It was just fantastic. He goes on to say a few more lovely things. So I just want to say, Stuart, a massive thanks for taking the time to leave your review on the PhotoBizX Facebook page. It's a massive help for me, and I love how much you're enjoying the episode. So thank you so much, mate. The second big shout-out goes to Damien from the United States of America. I'm not exactly sure who Damien is. I've got a feeling it's Damien Moa, but whoever it is that left me this review, please get in touch so I can add a link to your website URL from the PhotoBizX website to help you with your SEO. And also don't forget to let me know the keyword phrase or a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for so I can use that for the anchor text when I link to your website to help with your SEO that little bit more. So Damien from the United States, again, thank you so much for leaving your review in Stitcher. Damien said, if you're serious, or he says, if you're serious about your photography business and want a podcast that talks about how to grow your business, generate leads, and win back time, this podcast is for you. The list of interviews are extensive, matched with expert advice, great audio quality, and a superb Facebook group support network. This really is the Bible of insight for all genres of photographer. Damien, mate, that is awesome. Thank you so much, mate. Please let me know exactly who you are so I can add that link to your website to help with your SEO. I want to say a proper thanks. So, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to leave that review in Stitcher. And, of course, if you are listening and you haven't left a review or you're looking to get a link to your website, a strong link from the PhotoBizX website, using the keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for, Simply leave a review somewhere online, let me know about it, get in touch and include the URL that you'd like me to link to, the keyword phrase you're looking to rank for, and I'll happily add a link in the show notes for that episode, I'll give you the shout out. And the review could be on the PhotoBizX Facebook page, it could be Stitcher Radio, it could be in Apple iTunes, it could be wherever you listen to your podcast or whatever app you use. If there's a place to leave a review and you do that for the PhotoBizX podcast, let me know so I can say a proper thanks. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Just before we close out today's episode, you are probably familiar with the name Alex Vita from Foreground Web. If you've been listening to me or this podcast for any length of time, it is no secret that I am a massive fan of Alex. He is my go-to guy for anything website-related. I actually have a monthly maintenance package with Alex. He helps look after PhotoBizX, the website, and also my Impact Images website. And he has recently released a fantastic article or post, blog post if you like. It's more, it's more than a blog post. This, is, this will become your Bible if you're struggling to speed up your website and are looking to optimize the images on your website to make your website faster. He's been working on this article for over four months. It's very long at over 7,000 words, but it's very, very informative. It's easy to read. It's backed up by a ton of research and examples, and I've linked to it in the show notes. If you're struggling with the speed of your website loading, you will be getting penalized by Google, but worse, people will go to your website if they're inclined to, and they will bounce back off it if it doesn't load quickly. So you really want to have your so you really want to have your website loading fast. And one of the easiest or best ways to do that is make sure your images are optimized effectively. This article will show you how. Now, in addition to the article, if you're if you're happy to learn that way, that is the best article. But Alex also has created a video guide where he actually walks you through this process as well. This is a paid tutorial. It's 60 US dollars. But like I said, it's an option. You do not need to pay to get access to the article. And if you can learn by reading, everything is there and laid out for you in that blog post. If you prefer to learn by watching videos, by video tutorials, then the paid option is there for you as well. I've got links to both in today's show notes. Check them out. And if you don't already subscribe to Alex's newsletter, then you absolutely should because he shares some amazing tips regularly via that newsletter. And you can find that over at foregroundweb.com. 
Com. There's nothing in this for me. I'm just a fan of what Alex shared because it's no nonsense. It's all good stuff. He's not always trying to sell stuff to, to me or to you. And if you need something for your website fixed or redone or, or sorted, he just does it. <laughs> He's amazing. All right. That is enough for me. That's enough about Alex. I've got to go back and meet Linda by the pool. I've come back to the room, the air-conditioned room. Well, I've turned the air conditioning off to record this to keep the sound quality better than what it's going to be with the air conditioning on. I tried to record down by the pool, but it was just too noisy. So now that I've recorded what I needed to, I'm going to head back and do the editing and uploading from down by the pool next to Linda. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback, your thoughts on today's episode with Joey, your funny stories about massages. (laughs) I'm sure there's going to be a few. And also your feedback on my idea for a Christmas episode with you, the listener, getting involved. All right, that is it from me this week. I'll be back in Australia for next week's episode. Until then, have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 